You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 106. I loved, absolutely loved recording this episode. I was ferociously taking notes as I chatted with Neuro Rochelle. This episode is tracking your menstrual cycle using astrology. Never talked about this on the on the podcast before. And so I reached out to Neuro Rochelle after meeting her online and I just knew that we had to talk all things astrology, energy and the changing moons along with how they affect us. Now, our guest today, Neura, is a professional astrologer who draws from many knowledge branches, including evolutionary, historic, traditional Western astrology, from deepening self-awareness. She integrates herbalism, movement practices, and intuitive skill building in her counseling and educational work. Her embodiment of purpose and everyday soul realization is at the core of Neura's offerings, and her focus on simplicity of daily ritual grounds cosmic wisdom in a clarity of action. And that just seeps through this entire episode. Nura and I really talk about, and basically it's her leading the show here really, how the moon affects our menstrual cycle, the moon phases and the astrological houses, what the planets mean throughout your menstrual cycle, description of the planets and how they actually relate to different parts and organs of the body. That is just mind-blowing. I love that segment so much along with what retrogrades mean for our personal health, including some things that will be occurring in the year of 2021, energy changes with the moon shifts, rituals, and how we can set monthly intentions centered around our own authentic energy patterns. It is so interesting, this topic. It makes me want to go and study astrology just so I can dive in deeper. So I know you're going to love this episode. If you do have a pen and paper with you, take notes because there's so much that involved in this and you can always head to the show notes of this episode over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast and just look up Neuro Rochelle. You'll find all of the notes that I've taken from this episode in that show note. All right, let's jump into it. This episode is brought to you by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Nira, welcome to the show. Hi, so excited to connect with you. I'm really feeling juicy about this episode because you're the moon mystic as known as on, on Instagram Doo-doo-doo-doo. and very mystical. 
And we're going to be exploring some really interesting things around the moon and understanding astrology and how we can link that into like our day-to-day life today. Um, So before we jump into it, tell us what day of your cycle are you on today, your menstrual cycle, and what are you checking in with? I am on day 30 out of 30, 31. It's been always a little different since I had my daughter four years ago. So that's a whole story. Um, But checking in mostly with excitement around the upcoming shifts and transitions and just feeling um, really curious to see what kind of topics we get into today because there's so much. This might be a three-hour episode. If you're listening to this, don't worry. It's not a three-hour episode. You can look at how long the episode lasts. (laughs) But we could talk about these topics for hours. Um, So let's kick it off with a question like, who are you and what do you do? Because I know a little bit about you already and know that you're right into, you know, astrology and understanding, getting to know your own chart and also embodying your own patterns of your soul. But what is it that you actually do? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you said it all pretty well. I'm mostly doing readings and I also offer courses. So a lot of it is kind of just meeting people where they're at. Um, People have questions ranging from relationship stuff to where should they live in the world to like, how can I understand my cycle and timings? And, And something that's been really fun lately is a lot of people are getting into ritual and intention. And so people come to me to kind of map out the, you know, say the upcoming moon phases and uh, kind of feel into what kind of rituals can they do? Say it's, you know, this upcoming, uh, you know, a full moon, what kind of, what sign is the moon in? Where's this moon in my house? And what kind of ritual could I create with that information that would really um, bring out the best essence of that time? So a lot of it is that I also I've been studying herbalism for the past five years. I'm currently studying um, for acupuncture. And so I'm really it's kind of well-rounded. I feel like so many of us these days are multiple things. Um, I'm a mother and I really just I'm an advocate for healthy living and integrative living. So how can we have all parts of ourselves here now? And how can we do the best with that? Oh, I love that. And I know that before we hit record, um, you're mentioning a little bit about Ayurveda and I love that you're passionate and you know about your doshas and the dosha balances because that's all about integrating into the now and the present moment, not getting caught in the past or fantasy in the future. It's really just in those moments. Um, Now, how did you get into moon work? Because I know that some people are like, oh, I like the moon. Maybe I could work in moon work, but... Is this something that you just you're born with or is it something you can learn? Is it something that you have a calling to do and you don't even necessarily want the calling to do it, but you've been put on this planet in this physical form um, in your in your earth suit to like share this education information? Um, How did you get into moon work? So all of it started really with curiosity about general astrology. So I've studied all different kinds of astrology. It was always the thing that I was doing when I should have been doing something else. (laughs) And the the moon work specifically definitely kind of happened by accident. But the more I looked at my chart, I was like, oh, I have the moon as the highest planet in my chart. It's like really close to my midheaven. Oh, obviously, this is the thing that I should really be leading with because it's what people will see about me anyways. Um, I I feel like it, it kind of found me because I was always in these cycles and changing and I'm always kind of different every time somebody sees me. And I had to learn how to get really comfortable with that. I think like many 
um, in this current age, I had to get more comfortable with being a woman, you know, like understanding that I have cycles and a rhythm and a flow and I'm, I'm going to be different next time you see me and how can I just really own that? So it just became a, a passion to really, um, help people to see themselves better. And that's really what the moon is. It's that reflection of self, our self image. So it's, it's, it's endlessly fascinating too. I mean, you know, there's so much. <laughs> there really is so much. And I love that you pointed out about how cyclical we are and that we are always growing, shifting and evolving. And the moon, the physical moon in the sky is such a great example of this because it goes through this birth death process and you can see that. You can physically see when the full is the moon is full and you can physically see when the moon is dark. And that happens within our body, but sometimes we just live in this world that's often we live in the, in this world that's like, no, 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 you can't stop. You've got to keep going, you've got to go do all these things. So you mentioned just briefly about the cycles that we have and how they connect with the moon cycle. So how does the moon affect our menstrual cycles? So this is a really or interesting can it affect a menstrual cycle? Yeah, I mean, depending on what way you answer that question from, but I guess the way that I would really use this awareness is to kind of is to be able to layer things. So we can know, for example, where we are in our personal cycle. So I'm on day 30, and I know that that means any moment <laughs> I'll be on day one, and it'll you know that I'll be at kind of like at that new moon phase. Now, the moon right now is in a last quarter phase. How do I, what do I do with that information? How do I rectify the fact like I'm in a different phase? Well, maybe I can combine the, what I know about both of those energies. And then I can add another variable. What sign is the moon in? You know, and then I can kind of think, okay, where's that sign in my chart? You know, looking at the houses, do I have any planets there? Um, so now I can have information of where is the, where is the moon when I'm starting? my moon cycle. And that might be giving me information of what I can expect to be integrating during that, mm -hmm. that cycle. And similarly to how we might set intentions with a new moon, like where the actually transiting moon is, maybe I can set that kind of intention just for myself by myself. And it's kind of this parallel experience as an individual, you know, being, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. And I think that I always, Nira, I'm always harping on about this. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir is it's really important to use a written tracker rather than just an app when you're tracking your menstrual cycle. And if you are using a written tracker and if you're not yet doing it, there's a free one on my website. You can go just download it and get it for free and learn, get the videos on how to use it. But the, one of the first things you do after writing out the dates all the way around your cycle, as in like the, the date of the, the days, you then do the moons. And you enter the moons and where the moons are. I always recommend starting with putting in the full and the new moon, because if you've never heard about the moons before, learning about like the quarter moons and then like all the other phases of the moon can be a bit like over the top. Mm -hmm. So doing that will actually show you where the moon is when you begin your cycle. And so currently, um, while we're recording this, I'm on a, a moon cycle where I start with the new moon and it's interesting because there's different ways that you can connect with your body when you're connecting with the moon. Yeah. But a lot of women, and I had Jordana Levine on the show and we talked about astrology together, and a lot of women are very attached 
to menstruating on a particular type of moon. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, no I, 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 I'm going to start bleeding on the next full moon like because I always bleed on the full moon. Mm-hmm. But we go through shifts and we're allowed to go through shifts. But what do these shifts mean when the moon's shifting? Because the moon shifts with all these different planets. And then you mentioned about houses. Do the planets live in a house? Like, I don't know. Talk about all of that. Yeah, for sure. So I think really off the bat, if we're able to follow the moon, I think it's number one, it's the best way to learn astrology because you get to have this direct observation correlation experience. So you're like, oh, I see that the moon is in Libra. This is how I'm feeling with the moon. And I can kind of define what that means for myself rather than having to, you know, reference a book, for example, I'll know what that means for me. And now I can do the same thing with the houses. So the houses are basically these different areas of your life. There's 12 of them. Um, there's so many different ways to explain them, but I guess just to go really, really simply for today, um, these are similar in correlation to the 12 signs. So Aries through Pisces, so first house through 12th house. And, um, you know, say for example, I'm, I'm starting my bleed and the moon is in the fourth house, which is that house um, associated with home. I might be really considering, well, what kind of intention can I be setting that helps me to purify my home and where I'm living and, and my space and my Ooh, environment? I like this. Yeah, it's, it's profound, the things that can come up and you can get really creative with it, right? Say you're starting your, your cycle and the moon is in the 10th house. Well, maybe that's a cycle for you to really be focusing on your career and your reputation and what you're putting out in the world. So the more we're um, able to associate just where is the moon all the time? I mean, luckily we do have these apps where we can just be checking You know, I could just look at my phone and be like, oh, the moon is actually in Libra right now. Um, (laughs) And and what does that mean? And where is that in my house or my chart? It's going to be different for everybody, depending on um, the rising sign. The rising Mm -hmm. sign is what sets the tone for all of the houses. Okay. This is so good. I have a thousand (laughs) questions in my mind and I'm about to explode. So let's just say I'm starting my cycle and... I'm entering where the moons are, the full moon, the new moon, the waxing and the waning moon. And then I'm like, how do I work out what house I'm in? So so how do you do that? Okay. So, I mean, you'll need to be able to locate a chart and there's a lot of places that you could do that for free online, like astro.com or cafe astrology. And, and really you're just looking for um, the transits, the current transits. You can easily, a lot of people are, are, pretty familiar with at least, you know, some of the basics of their natal chart. Um, The transits is one that you might have to just add that phrase. Like, how can I find the transits? A really good app that I like is Time Passages. I was going to ask you, what apps do you recommend? So that's Time Time Passages. passages. Yeah, it's uh, it's a free app if you want to download it. And um, they also have a paid version if you're like me and you need to store thousands of charts on the go. You can get the paid (laughs) version. But if you're just working for yourself, you know, it's a free app. And it's it's great because you can look at the transits by themselves or you can look at the transits related on top of your chart, which is really potent. And that's how you're going to get the information of where the moon is for you. If that makes awesome. Sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay. That's good. Great information. Now you mentioned about how there's the, tw- so there's 12 signs, mm-hmm. star signs, and then there's 12 houses. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of mentioned a little bit about how different houses kind of represent different things. Can you go through the 12 and let us yeah. and represent, like, let us know what each of the 12 are? 
Yeah, sure. So starting with the first, this is also the ascendant. And if you're looking at a chart, it's the far left of your chart. It's the ascendant is in that far left on the left of the chart, descendant, seventh house cusp, far right. And it basically, that's representing the horizon line. So above the earth, below the earth. Oh, such a good visual. Okay, I'm loving this education. (laughs) I know, it's so fun. I could really geek out about this. Um, So if you have planets that are all above the chart, like in the top half, that means you could have visibly looked into the sky and if you had a telescope you could see them whereas all of the planets below the horizon you'd have to look through the earth so you wouldn't (laughs) be able to see them but even that general distinction it kind of shows a little bit of your personality are you more of a daytime personality or more of a nighttime personality I actually when you said that I'm like are you more um, daytime and nighttime versus above the ground below the ground when you look at that are you and um an extroverted person who's out in the world or you're an introverted person who's in the world does that have any color correlation absolutely yeah the, the first the bottom six houses so one two three four five six those houses are really associated with personal development so first house is myself my body my instincts second house is my money my resources my values my priorities third house is how i communicate to get my needs met Fourth house is my home, my ancestral lineage, my family of origin, my upbringing. Uh, Fifth house is my personal creativity and my voice and um, how I present in the world, what I'm good at, my skills and all the things. And then sixth house is how do I take all of that (laughs) that I just mentioned and turn it into some form of service? So the sixth house is kind of like a bridge house. And then when we move to above the horizon, seven through 12, um, the seventh house is relationship with other. So now I'm starting to merge my personal gifts with somebody else. And in the eighth house, we're diving really deep into the nuances of intimacy and power and perhaps also connecting with our soul, like the occult and astrology is associated with the eighth house where you start to ask the deeper questions why. And then mm-hmm. ninth house, it's like, okay, the ninth house is associated with Sagittarius. So it's like, where am I looking out into the cosmos for these answers of how to know myself? It's where we ask the big, you know, kind of theoretical why of our life. Um, and then 10th house is career, vocation, even the thing that you do that has nothing to do with your job title, but you just do it. It's just who you are and how people see you. Um, and then 11th house is what you give back to your community or um, your hopes and dreams, which are often associated with your community, right? Most of us have, you know, whatever kind of dream it is, it involves groups of people. Mm. And those are our people, right? And then the 12th house is where we kind of come back full circle. It's the cosmic womb. It's, you know, the collective. Um, It's our connection to both public service and spiritual service and timeless truth. So it's really beautiful. And then we start again at house one. So (laughs) the moon is going through all 12 of those houses for about two and a half days every month. Wow. You can really get to know yourself and just how all of those signs feel for you by tracking the moon. It's profound. So I'm rather a beginner, you know, I've been doing the moon kind of thing and learning about it for a couple of years, but I'm, I'm still a beginner. Let's just say I'm at the beginner stage. I would still read an astrology book to learn. Looking at this, and I'm just thinking for everyone who's listening, and I hope you're getting value out of this is that when you start tracking your cycle, you add in the moons and then you're like, okay, what house am I in? 
You mentioned, Nura, that the house lasts for two and a half-ish days. So are you saying that the first house, like your horizon and all about your myself, and if I repeat anything wrong, let me know. I'm trying to go off memory and I've quickly made notes. But are you saying that that will only last two to two and a half days and then you move into the second house or the third house? Is that right? Yeah, on average. The closer you get to the equator, the more exact it is. If you're more north or more south, in, in longitude, um, it will be a little different. So that's okay. perhaps a conversation for another day, but <laughs> that's more too less, complicated yeah. for today. <laughs> <laughs> more or less, yes, that's true. So it's the same, you know, with our with the signs that the moon is in. The moon stays in each sign for about two and a half days. Wow. Okay. So really we're experiencing all of the houses throughout our entire cycle. But if you have a longer cycle or an absent period for whatever reason, like amenorrhea or you've, you know, you're not on any hormonal contraception and you're just literally not bleeding for whatever reason, is if you have, say, a 60-ish or 56-day length cycle, you might go through each of these houses twice. Yeah. Wow. And then if it's all, you know that song, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> so it's <laughs> popping into my mind. I'm like, oh, I can see how it's all coming together. So you're saying that, Basically, I might be in my inner winter. So you're about to enter your inner winter time, your bleed. And if you're in your inner winter and you're in the house of, let's just say, 9, 10, 11, mm-hmm. you know, because that could last roughly six to seven days, that's where you're going to be super internal and super reflective on your questions and really questioning, is this the right career for me? Do I want to change my job? Should I move into state and take it like... so? holy fuck this is so interesting um pardon the language Gemma but it's wow literally a whole new world with this yeah it's amazing because just like you mentioned I could be entering my inner winter but the rest of the world say it's a full moon time there might be experiencing like let's celebrate and party and be really out there and I'm like I just want to read a book and meditate you know so it's it's really great. I feel like all of this is about teaching us to honor ourselves and just where we are. And there's no right or wrong. I feel like that's something I personally had to really learn. I was definitely one of those people that I was like, I must, you know, bleed with the new moon or, you know, and then I had my daughter and everything shifted. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm a different person now. So, I mean, obviously my cycle will be different. Yeah. And just a note on that, like pregnancy is a repatterning of your entire endocrine system. That's why for some women, it's very common if they experience say, endometriosis and then they conceive, they feel like they don't really have endometriosis after they've given birth because your entire like endocrine system is repatterned, everything. And so it's really like the ultimate reset of your health. And that's why it's so important going on a rant, but it's so important to have a healthy vessel in the planning phases of conception so that when you go through that, you're really well supported so that you come out even more supported. Um, end of rant. Yeah. So hundred percent. I can, I can vouch for that experience. I awesome. Yeah. Really fun to, to mm. win. Oh, and I mean, experience too. Yeah. And we're and Personally. so I think the best thing about knowing our, where the moon is in relation to our cycle, it's, that we can have the appreciation and the awareness for how much is constantly changing. Because I think, I mean, this is probably my own rant, but a lot of times we kind of get hung up in the big conjunctions or the big, long, really, you know, everybody's talking about 
the mercury retrogrades and all the things. But I mean, when we can really tune into the subtle nuances of our day-to-day life, I, I really believe that we can, in that way, tap into the continuous sacred in the ordinary experience. Like we don't have to have these peak moments. It's like every day there's so much magic happening. So that's what it is for me anyways. So beautiful. It really is beautiful. All right. So let's just quickly recap. Houses one to six is below the horizon. Yeah. And then houses seven to 12 are above the horizon. Yeah. So the way I'm going to remember that is when you look at a clock face, the numbers that are the lowest go downwards first. So that's down and under the earth. And then the higher ones come up high. Okay. Just letting you know, that's how I'm going to start to remember that. Um, Wow. Okay. I really hope, and if you don't have this, I think this would be a really great thing for you to do for your business, is to create a PDF with like the 12 houses and like basic meanings of each of them, um, because that is such empowering information. So now there's a spanner in the works that we can throw into that like next level, which would be like retrogrades. Yes. So before we go into retrogrades, what's the importance of someone knowing what their zodiac signs are? So like they're rising um, and is it called rising and descending signs? Yeah. And then versus not knowing them. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm a firm believer that whenever we're tuned into our highest destiny, we're going to live it out, whether or not we know astrology. So I, I'd never want people to feel like, oh, I'm missing out if I don't know. Because I mean, on the soul level, you do know. So there's no worry there. But I, I'm very um, kind of left-brained and I'm a kind of logical thinker. So it helps me to be like, oh, there's a correlation here. And now I can look ahead and I can strategize and plan and I can control the little bits of things here and there, you know, in a world that we can't really control very much of. So for me, it's, it's that it's knowing that um, certain cycles are going to bring out different parts of me and I can, I can choose how to align with them and, and, you know, feel like I'm surfing the wave rather than struggling to get to the top of it. So mm. that's what the knowledge, the self-knowledge of it is for me. But I, I feel like, I hope I answered the whole question. I think there was more. No, to it. It, that's, that's great. I, it's just whatever comes to you, really. Yeah. It's great because to me, if you had asked me the question, I would say that like with just tracking your menstrual cycle, it teaches you how to become more body aware. So you understand why you're doing the things that you're doing and you're feeling the things that you're feeling. Yeah. And what I f- feel, all these, all these feeling words, Gemma, what I feel is that understanding your moons, where the moon is, which I've been doing for a while now, but now I'm going to start to integrate the houses into that. That even just takes that self-awareness knowledge to a new level. Absolutely. So that you're like, you know, those days when you're like, I'm going to swear here. Like, what the fuck do I run a business for? I just want a nine to five job. I'm sick of planning all this stuff. I'm sick of like having to think of everything. I'm just, I I just want to go to work and come home and not think about work anymore. And that's probably happening when I'm in my 10th house, right? So, (laughs) which is all about career. So it, it makes sense that you know, it, it just teaches you that extra level of awareness, which is so amazing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you pointed out something too, like 
certain things will get brought up in different parts of the cycle. And I do think there is a power in knowing when something will end, mm. you know, to know like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I'm going away. through a rough time right now, but it's over next week. Or, you know, I can, in, I can be really conscious about my rituals and my intentions. And also once you figure out, you know, even just the moon moving through the 12 houses, you'll start to notice the patterns too. Like say you have Mars in the 10th house. Now you just like extra levels, you know, what, what planets are in those houses and that stays the same for your whole life. So in this way, you'll actually learn also your charts and, and all of the other planets and, and more or less um, how, how do they kind of function differently in different signs too. So it, it's basically forever learning. It's kind of like, once you start this, you'll, you're set if you want to be a you know lifelong student it's a rabbit hole that you will never leave (laughs) Um, so I'm kind of putting it into a few different phases first phase is just knowing where the moon is in the sky which is and there's eight eight phases of the moon is that correct Depending on which system you're using, yes, you can break it down into, you know, the two basic waxing and waning if you want. That's a great way to start if you're overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. or you can even go with the four major phases like new moon, first quarter moon, full moon, and then last quarter moon. And then if you want to incorporate next level, you can go to eight (laughs) phases. There's even a system that uses 28 phases. So, you know, whatever phase. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, okay. So that's, a, that's a kind of maybe the first way or first phase of learning about astrology in the moon. And then the, the second one I would say would be knowing what your um, star signs are, your own individual star signs are. But then if you're wanting to tie it into your menstrual cycle, the third phase would be knowing what, what houses there are, what the houses are, mm-hmm. and then where those houses are present in your cycle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm such an advocate of writing things down too. Like even if you just, you tend to keep a journal and you just write down the date and then you just write down a little moon and the sign and what day of your cycle you are, you know, depending on how you like to record it. It's so amazing to look back at a journal and be like, well, no wonder the moon was conjunct Pluto. I was feeling really like an alchemist that day or. No wonder I was fucked that day. Right. (laughs) Um. I'm totally because I'm going to start putting the houses in on my on my chart, my cycle tracker. I'm definitely going to be taking a photo and posting that thing on Instagram and tagging you in. Go, Look what I'm doing here. You help me do this. OK, <laughs> so that's kind of like the third, the third ish phase. And then you mentioned about just before about how there's all the different planets and how many planets in total are there? Well, there's the 10 core planets, but then there's yep. also goddess asteroids and a couple other celestial bodies. But you could start with, you know, personal <laughs> planets, you know, like if you know sun, moon, rising. So rising is not a planet, but a yep. mathematical point in space. But then Mercury, Venus, Mars, those are our personal planets. They're going to tell us a lot about who we are, our personality and what we want and all of those things. But then there's the bridge planets, uh, Jupiter and Saturn, and they're gonna more or less tell us how, who we are is fitting into society. And then the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, uh, that's very collective. That's how were we, what kind of world were we born into and how is the world shifting and all of those kinds of things. And then there's, there's some others that go beyond Pluto. Um, but I think for now, it, you know, really working with those solid 10 is going to give you yeah. so much information to play with. Okay. Okay. So let's go th- through the 10 before we do though, a funny analogy just popped into my mind. You know, when you're learning about something for the first time and then all of a sudden you realize that there's more of that than the one, it's like, 
<laughs> when I first learned about avocados, I was like, oh my God, I love avocados. And there was like, oh, there's like 20 different types of avocados. And I was like, what? And it reminded me of when you're a kid, you just think all dogs are just dogs. Mm. You know, you don't realize. And then when you become an adult and you're like, there's how, like, how many different breeds? Like for me, I just thought all cats, because I didn't grow up in a cat family. I just thought all cats were just cats. And then I was like, there's different breeds of cats? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, my God, there's all these different extra moons and there's all these different asteroids and yeah. it just continually grows, right? I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series. This is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence. Throughout three live classes, you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones, what they are, how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel. You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do, those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception. Gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. So let's go through um, the, the planets. So we've got an idea of the moons. We've got an idea of our star signs and we've got an idea of the houses. Now let's go through the planets and then let's, if you can describe or explain how the planets can connect with each of the houses and then I think we'll move on to a new topic so we don't confuse everybody or overwhelm everybody. Yeah, yeah for sure. So the sun and moon, sun is purpose, moon is personality. I'm going to try to give them like one word things just to keep it awesome. really simple. Uh, Mercury is communication. Venus is values. Mars is action. It's our action language. Uh, Jupiter, how we expand our higher self aspirations. Saturn is how we structure reality. Uh, Uranus is how we liberate from those structures. <laughs> what was the last one? Uranus. Uranus, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the great liberator from many outdated structures. And then there's Neptune, how we connect to spirit, how we perhaps dissolve anything in the way of that meditation. Um, and then Pluto, how we alchemize, how we evolve. Wow, okay. Do you want me to count all of those? <laughs> I, think, all out. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got ten. Okay. Cool. You did good. You did oh, good, girl. It's like when I'm going through the the glands and the endocrine system, I'm like shit. I'm pretty sure I missed one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, how? Um, let's just say I've written out my cycle tracker and I've got the moons in. I've written when the houses are. What's the purpose of adding in the planets, and what can that teach us about ourselves? Absolutely. So let's have an example. Let's say you have, um, let's say you have your, your day one of your cycle and um, it's in your eighth house and you also have Mercury there. Just make that a combination. So that means that the moon is going to be conjuncting your Mercury. Mercury is how we communicate, but Mercury also is corresponding to the lungs. So you could have that awareness of like, oh, well, maybe some breath work will really, you know, help ease me into this cycle. I have a quick question. Are yeah. you telling me 
that the different planets link to different organs in the body? Yes, they do. Holy fuck. Can yeah. we go through those? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah, so sun is heart and spine. And it makes mm-hmm. sense, right? It's our vitality. It's our purpose, yeah. right? So it's our heart center. Uh, moon is our mind and also the, the fluids in our body, uh, our breasts, our stomach, all of these things. They all have multiple by the way. So I might not say all of them, but kind of at least a couple. Uh, Mercury is more, less mind because that's more moon, but it's more, how do we formulate? How do we articulate the mind? So it's our speech, lungs, also hands and arms and how we go out into the world. Like Um, octopuses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, Jupiter, our liver. Mm-hmm. It's how we kind of metabolize life. And Saturn is our structure, our bones, and also our skin, because it's the boundary. Like what separates me from you is my skin. Yeah. Um, Uranus is often associated with kind of like our aura or our electrical, electromagnetic field, but also our nervous system. So oftentimes people who have some kind of uh, issue with you know, the EMFs or something, they often have Uranus pretty strongly emphasized in their chart. I'm one of those people. I'm just like, okay, my nervous system can only handle so much. Um, and also, I guess so much, uh, what's the word, like fake energy, like, uh. or like fluorescent lights. Like, I don't know. I, I just really struggle with those things. But um, okay, so Neptune is actually that wider aura around us and also our pineal glands which secretes the melatonin so that we can sleep and be in alignment with our circadian rhythms and connect the spirit yes exactly i mean that's what's getting activated when we're doing all of you know those those psychotropics and all the Mm -hmm. things right um and then pluto pluto is more new in all of this conversation since he was only he was most recently discovered of the these planets and um a lot of theories are saying that Pluto rules that process of mutation, like cellular regeneration. So when, you know, we get a cut, like that literal process of how we heal, how mm. we heal our wounds, but also um, the sexual reproduction because um, Scorpio, eighth house and Pluto, they all share that affinity with each other. And they're all about how we merge with another to share karma and you know, so if you think about coming together with somebody sexually and you're like, sorry, this is graphic, but you're sharing fluids, right? I love graphic. This podcast <laughs> is very graphic. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you're literally taking on other people's DNA into your mm. body and it's merging with yours. And now you are sharing each other's DNA information. And now because of that, you're both different. And that's Pluto. Also, mm, that's the, that's the, also, that's also like the, integration of like karma and diyama like together and a lot of people when they hear the word karma they think karma is like bad but karma is karma is both it's just like emotional eating is both eating with joy and eating with guilt or shame Mm -hmm. yeah so karma is is beautiful um awesome now there's two more venus and mars Oh yeah. Okay. So Venus uh, is associated with the balance in the body, also balance of fluids. So like say our kidneys, the acid alkaline balance, and also the thyroid, 
in the throat. So that um, hormone balance in the body. And then Mars is the head, but also the blood. It's like how we, since, you know, when we think of Mars, we're thinking about what do we want and how do we go about getting it? Well, you can think of like a very type A personality. They get all red in their face and they're just very direct and trying to get them like literally the blood is coming to the surface of their fiery. Skin. Yeah. Super fiery. And then, um, and, and also Mars rules accidents and <laughs> things That's where you mind. might, you know, you might be moving too fast and you hurt yourself. So, uh, there's all of those kinds of things. So it, it's really fascinating to see how they not only correspond with different parts of the body, but then, um, you can approach it from different levels, kind of like, you know, the homeopathic level where you're treating like, like with like, or, you know, a different level where you're treating, you know, with opposites, right? So if you're really hot and dry, maybe you want to treat with like wet, like moist, you know? Mm, Um, So it it kind of depends case by case. I've been studying um, herbalism with astrology and medical astrology. So that conversation is is literally endless uh, <laughs> um but it would be really cool it, yeah it there's there's so much um but even just having that kind of basic awareness say you were able to look at and see oh the moon is going to be conjunct my mars i might want to make sure that i am dressed in layers if i have to go somewhere so i'm not going to be sweating and <laughs> you know um or if it's going to be the moon and i need to bundle up because the moon is typically cold Mm -hmm. right so there's all of these things that can give you a lot of information there's so many juicy points to this neuro because you know if you think about like the way in which I teach on health with women is I teach on a four pillar approach so nutritional physical emotional energetic and spiritual now you could call this mystic you could call this astrological but this also comes in I would describe into this spiritual realm or this energetic realm is that you know if you have an unexplained you know, migraine, you never get migraines. Like maybe that's linked with a particular house and a particular moon phase that you're going through or sorry, planet phase that you're going through and you don't realize. So it's really important to just recognize that your body is a vessel and you just want to connect with your body and understand, okay, why does my body feel this way? And what could be contributing to it feeling this way to kind of bring it back home to everyone who's listening. And if you're tuning into this and you're feeling oh my God, I'm super overwhelmed. There's so much information. Come back and listen to this with a pen and paper and write these down. That's why I've gone through them with, with Neuro here so that you can write down one to 12 what these beautiful houses are and then you can go through the planets and then you can actually place all this together on your own cycle tracker and then tag Neuro in it when you've done it so she can see it and post a picture online. <laughs> really important. Moon, at at moon.mystic. Um, so how would I, um, we know how to work out where the houses are because we can go to that time pass, um, passages app, but how can we work out what planet is where in our menstrual cycle? So this will just be looking at, at the transit. So if the moon is- I thought you are going to be like, this is just looking out in the sky. <laughs> yes, this is, <laughs> this is like astronomy for astronomy. <laughs> I mean, that's all. I, I had to say that. I had to say that. <laughs> yeah, you just look outside in the sky at night and you'll see all the planets. <laughs> so fun. I mean, honestly, that's actually a life goal of mine. Um but I, I would say it's just, it's being able to see it on the chart. Like you, you can see that the moon is, is in that same house. And also you can look at the degrees too. 
So that's that's also next level and learning to read the chart, which if you're curious, you offer courses where you I teach you how to read your whole chart and really expand like for at least like an hour or two on each subject that we spend like five mm. minutes on. So it goes a lot deeper. Um, but basically you're just noticing where they're in the same place or opposing each other or squaring each other. Usually those are really noticeable transits. P.S. If you are experiencing migraines, you want to look where Mars is because Mars is migraine. Yeah, it's like that's a good way to remember it. Mars is in your mind. Um, and you know, even when I studied ancestral health, when they link all the different days of the weeks so with the different planets, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much. Literally, we're so connected, it's insane. So thank you so much for giving us all of this beautiful run through. Um, I have so many more questions. But let's quickly just talk about retrogrades. And most often I feel like people like just think anytime they hear the word mer- Mercury, they think it's a retrograde. So let's just talk about retrogrades and I know that you know we're about to come into this series of the retrograde hang on blah 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 mercury and retrograde you were saying earlier in the air signs Mm -hmm. so how can we navigate through 2021 knowing that we're about to enter this mercury retrograde series and what do retrogrades actually actually mean for us and our health and our personal well-being Absolutely. Yeah. So retrograde at its most basic is a redefinition or a refunctioning. So if we think about the function of Mercury, that is to communicate our needs or it's to communicate our ourselves, our minds, so that we can connect with another being or the environment around us. And so when we're redefining that, we're looking at, okay, what patterns have I been living up to this point in my life that are linked to how I'm communicating. And of course, in air sign, air is linked to communication and and relationship. So a lot of it will, especially, you know, with Aquarius, Libra and Gemini, these three air signs, you'll want to know, first of all, where you have those three signs in your chart during the times of the retrogrades to kind of see, okay, well, how do I relate with this energy? Um, But it's all about this refunctioning. And usually the refunctioning has to do with incorporating the opposite sign because we're always existing on this spectrum of integration. So for example, say um, we're working with Mercury retrograde in Aquarius and that's happening, you know, end of January, beginning of February, 2021. And Aquarius, the opposite of Aquarius is Leo. So Aquarius in itself is about the collective and Leo is about the individual. So now if I'm thinking about my place in the collective, in order to find the highest level of integration, I have to come back to myself. I have to come back to, okay, who am I? Who are my specific gifts? And this way I won't get lost in the collective. That's one example. Um, If I'm thinking about that from a physical body perspective, you could look at Mercury and Aquarius having to do with the nervous system because Aquarius has that correlation with the nervous system. Well, what can help you to ground into your nervous system? Of course, the breath and and slowing. Oftentimes, if we're in a nervous state, we're either not breathing or breathing really fast and really shallow. It's it's really funny, like observe your breath when you're nervous. It's like, oh gosh. Um, But we can make really intentional choices, like slow down the breath, drop into the heart, come out of the, the noise, come back to yourself. And now you are in that kind of integrative phase of working with that mercury retrograde in aquarius if that makes sense mm-hmm. it makes so much sense i'm just sitting here no one can see me except for you Nora, and i'm sitting here like, uh-huh 
uh-huh. Eyes are like really wide. Yep, keep talking. This is great. Um, yeah, because like with retrogrades, especially on social media, like they're thrown around, oh, my God, the retrograde period's here and life's crap and life's going to be really challenging until the retrograde finishes. And you're like, oh, God, and then everyone blames everything on the retrograde. Um, but it's so important like to understand more aspects to the retrograde, which is so beautiful. Um, my mind is just like. Yeah, really just seeing it as a time to refunction what you think, whatever planet is involved, what does it mean? So refunction, mm. how you communicate, ask yourself the questions. And, and whenever we're in the process of asking ourselves more questions, we tend to slow down. And I think that goes really well with the typical, you know, slow down during a Mercury retrograde, dot your eyes and cross your T's, like all of those things. But it's really just making sure you're very present with what's happening. Oh, I love that. Weird, like, I don't know about anyone listening, but I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, I've got a couple of final questions. One I would love to know from you is like about rituals. How can we set up monthly rituals and intentions that are centered around, I guess, where we are in our menstrual cycle and then where we are with astrology or just where the planets are for ourselves and our energy? Mm, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm all about rituals. So you can have many. <laughs> you can have the rituals that you do just with yourself around your own cycle. So I think every time you're, you know, perhaps around day one is a really nice time to set that ritual. It's easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> you also kind of want to do it because you just can avoid everything else and say, no, right. sorry, sorry, I'm not coming to work today. Everyone would love to do that. Um, you know, sometimes I call my boss up. I'm like, I'm sorry, Gemma, it's going to be a bit late today because, you know, she's taking some time out this morning. Um, right. So day one's a great day. Yeah, for sure. And I guess also if you're more in tune with your rhythms and you know when you're at your highest energy peak, um, you know, planning something that's really productive around your goals and things like that. But then I, I really... I love talking to other women and, and just connecting with other women. So I really think that new moon times and, and full moon times are just best spent in some kind of connection. And that might be different than where you are in your personal cycle. So I think new moon um, circles have most traditionally been just of your own gender whatever that means, yeah. um, wherever you are on that spectrum also. Uh, but, you know, connecting with people in a really safe space to talk about your vulnerabilities and your intentions and all of those things and, and the previous cycle behind you and what you want to call in for the next one and the wisdom and things like that. But full moons are, are typically about a celebration. And a lot of times you're seeing like a co-ed or co-mingling or multi-gender mingling of, of the full moon, like just everybody. So that way you're kind of getting to see the opposite of you because literally during a full moon sun is opposite moon so it's a really mm. great time to see like who is so different than you and usually by that time you're you know appropriately full of yourself that you know who you are ideally <laughs> you know so that you can go out and be around other people and allow yourself the energy of difference um, whereas new moon, you, you might want more of, of sameness because it, it takes more energy to be around difference usually. Mm, so, beautiful. Yeah. What about rituals around um, like retrograde periods or specific moon changes or astrological events? I hope that's the right terminology. 
Um, like I know that we're about, like we're recording this um, in 2020 and we're about to come into a bit of a, I don't know if it's an astrological event, but it's a, it's an energetic event. So we might have a different ritual around that. Um, but when there's like a, um, like an eclipse or something like that, like what are some other rituals you can do around retrogrades? I really like to formulate my rituals around the element. I think it keeps it really simple. And then I think about, okay, what does the element want to do? So say I want to work with fire and it's something like Aries. Aries is this new energy. Well, I'm thinking, well, what kind of new thing can I do with fire? Right. Or, you know, maybe it's lighting different candles in association with something or doing a certain kind of, you know, chitaka, candle gazing meditation. Um, or, you know, say I want to invite something new into my life. Maybe I'm writing things down and burning them. So it would be associated with that element or say it's earth. I might be burying, burying something or rolling around on the earth or whatever it is. <laughs> if it's air, maybe I'm screaming, <laughs> you know, or, you know, just finding a way to, um, talk and be heard and do writing and things like that um, or if it's water maybe I'm getting in the water literally if I can or cleansing my space um, doing some water purification so I think corresponding it with the element no matter what it is if it's the eclipses if it's retrograde periods if it's with the moon it, it keeps it really um, easy to remember that way because no matter what everything is kind of broken down into the elements and I've never thought about it like that with the elements but I'm like yeah. it makes so much sense and I know so much about the elements too I just never put that together yeah. such a great guidance so what are the core elements just to just to recap for everyone who's like what are the elements according to the astro astrological perspective it's fire earth air water and then, of course, there's ether that holds all of that. But in the chart, you're not really going to find ether, um, just the fire, earth, air, water. And then there's also the three modalities, which are cardinal, fixed, mutable. And so when you start to together, it's, it's three times four, it's just 12. There's 12 different combinations of, you know, every fire sign, for example, has cardinal, fixed, mutable. Every earth has cardinal, fixed, mutable. And so now you can start to... Um, kind of place them together like if I'm working with fixed fire that's Leo that's like big fire that's sustained if I'm thinking mutable fire that's Sagittarius I'm thinking how is the fire changing what is being adapted so now I have some keywords to kind of formulate creatively around wow so the three modalities you said were cardinal fixed and mutable is that right yeah okay God, there's so many great words. I just want to like go and like put them all together. Um, this has been such a beautiful episode and we are pretty much nearly out of time. We have gone a bit over time, but it's so worth it. Is there anything else that you feel called to share on about this topic before I ask you our final podcast question? I just wanted to say, and you mentioned this too with, with Ayurveda, that all of this knowledge is, is just to help, you know, ground us into the present moment and give us and remind us that we always have power in the here and now, that what we do matters. I think that's what I remember learning about Ayurveda and it really stuck with me and it, it reminded me that I have agency in my life. And, and I feel like that's also what astrology and, and moon tracking and all of this has done for me. So I just wanted to kind of close that, that circle there. You know, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful close. Um, 
I could definitely expand on that, but I don't think there's really any need because you've you've closed it beautifully. Just getting to know your body and knowing that there's so many ways that you can do this and so many modalities can be overwhelming, but just do little modalities here and there and then add to them. And it's kind of like you studying herbalism. Like you probably didn't think about doing that 10 years ago. And, you know, it just kind of expands and allow that to be the journey. Don't rush to the end of the journey. You know, we live in this rushing world where we just want to get to the end result. Just enjoy the journey. Um, so, Nero, thank you so much. Final podcast question. It's actually like switching gears up a little bit, but I would love to hear from you. What is or what are three guiding tips that you wish you knew as a young menstruating self? So think back to your first period when you first started menstruating and like what are three things you wish you knew then that you know now? Oh my gosh, I have such a long list, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's keep it to 30. <laughs> yeah, I mean, number one, just to know that it's something beautiful, to know that it, my power is there, my my, regenerat- my regenerative power is, is held in that cycle. I think if I would have been able to see it from that way, um, that would have been really wonderful. Um, that there's no right or wrong way that it's supposed to be and no time frame that it's supposed to fit in and that it's totally okay to talk about it with people Mm. yeah definitely a big one that last one Mm -hmm. um I know I didn't talk about it did you you talk about it I I tried it was often discouraged (laughs) okay you know so Mm. now luckily I could talk about it with anybody and it's like typical to how you asked at the beginning of this interview like now when I'm connecting with any friend like that that's something that is likely to come up in the conversation when we're talking about planning or doing a workshop together we're like where are you in your cycle let's try to make it aligned so we're both in a good place like I love that so much that that mm. is becoming so much more part of the mainstream to talk about women's cycles um so I'm, I'm just really grateful for that I'm grateful for it too. It's one of the reasons why I created the podcast is to just normalize these kind of conversations. So Nira, thank you so much. Now tell us how can our listeners find you? I know I've already mentioned that you're on Instagram at moon.mystic, but how else can they connect with you and find you? And what if someone wants to learn more about what you offer with like astrology readings? Because I'm like, well, I think I need a fucking astrology reading. (laughs) like about astrology readings and you mentioned your course which sounds amazing um yeah how can we learn more about that yeah all of this is at neurorochelle.com just my first and last name neurorochelle.com and yeah i have all my readings all my course information there and that's pretty much that would be the best way to connect head to the website well i'm going to pop that link in the show notes along with a link to your instagram and your facebook and I'm, um, I'm just super blessed. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode and sharing all of your mysticness from the moons and beyond. Um, I've learned so much, literally so much, and I'm so grateful. So thank you. Thank you so much. What a fun conversation. Thank you. It really was. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. 
Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 